Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. I hope your year is off to a great start. Let's dive right in. I want to start by telling you something I probably haven't told you enough in this podcast, and that is that I love my country. I love the United States of America. I love its history. Uh, I love its great moments, its highlights. Obviously, I grieve its, uh, the negative side of its history. I grieve the abuse. Uh, I, I grieve the violence. I grieve the bloodshed. I believe these, I, I grieve the sins internationally. I could speak as a Christian. I grieve its sins, um, but I, but I love it. I'm a patriot. I care about it. I care about its founding covenants. I care about it becoming again, what it can be. And living as a military brat growing up and especially growing up for five to six years uh, abroad, living in Germany as the son of an, ar- an army officer and th- more than th- more than two or three, four of those years uh, living in Berlin, as I've told you before, actually behind the Iron Curtain, actually living in communist territory, Berlin at that time being a sort of an outpost of freedom in a communist world. Um, I'll tell you what, you looked at America differently. You looked across the pond. You read American newspapers. You watched the few little uh, American television shows and news shows that came in through Armed Forces Television. Uh, We didn't have cable and satellite at that time. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, you really loved your country. You couldn't wait to get, as the the soldiers used to say, back to the world, (laughs) back to the United States. They would joke about the rest of the world not being the world, just the United States. But I I grew up with a love of my country. And so as a result, I'm deeply grieved by what is happening today. I'm deeply grieved by January 6th, uh, 2021, deeply grieved by the things that we are seeing, the divisions we're seeing in the country. And when someone gets on a podcast like this and predicts a dire future for the United States, a lot of people just guffaw. They just laugh. They see him as an extremist. Um, the United States is big and it's strong and it's powerful and has this powerful economy and it's got one-sixth the population of the world and it's got the most powerful military in the world. How in the world could it be in dissolution? How in the world could it fall apart? How in the world could it subdivide? How in the world could there be civil war? And this is the way people talk. When someone like me gets on a podcast like this and says the future is dire for the United States. Well, I'm not an extremist. I'm not a nutcase. I'm not a guy who goes around prophesying and predicting horrible things for the future. But I will tell you that increasingly the perception in the world is that the United States is no longer working that it's becoming ungovernable, and that civil war might loom. Let me just give you one quick example of this being said so that you'll know that I'm not making it up, and then let's talk a little bit more about what this might mean. Uh, uh, This past week, a man by the name of Homer, I'm sorry, Thomas Homer Dixon, who's the executive director of the Cascade Institute in British Columbia, Canada, Uh, This is a scholarly think tank. Uh, He wrote an op-ed for the Toronto Globe and Mail. And in this op-ed, he said, this is a quote, the American polity is cracked and might collapse. Canada must prepare. 
He also said the U.S. is becoming increasingly ungovernable, and some experts believe it could descend into civil war. He also said a terrible storm is coming from the South, meaning the United States of America, and Canada is woefully unprepared. Now, here is a scholarly think tank of the kind we're used to in the U.S. Uh, In Canada, and in one of its major newspapers, the Toronto Globe and Mail, one of Canada's major newspapers, a major thinker is saying civil war is possible in the United States. The U.S. is becoming increasingly ungovernable. It has unbelievable social tensions. And we, Canada, the U.S.'s northern neighbor, needs to prepare. Now, this is a a good example, one that you can Google and find for yourself. That's why I offer it. But it certainly isn't the only example. If you continue to search and go a little deeper, you'll find major leaders and major think, think tanks from countries around the world raising concerns about America. Once she was the beacon of democracy... But progressively, and certainly as of January 6th of last year, she is no longer seen as such. The Trump administration, quite frankly, did a great deal of damage to that. Uh, January 6th did a great deal of damage to that image of America being a beacon of democracy. Other actions of the United States around the world. And as a result, countries are beginning to say the U.S. is no longer a beacon of democracy. The U.S. is no longer a model. Uh, the Congress is no longer a model of, of good government governance, uh, of democratic principles in action. The executive branch in the U.S. is no longer uh, respected. Supreme Court is questionable in many people's minds. And so you're, dealing, you're looking at a country that once was the beacon of hope that once was the model of democracy for the world, or at least the model of a good uh, republic. But now, not so much. And I want to tell you that while I am ultimately optimistic about the future of the U.S. and largely for religious reasons and largely because I believe that, you know, I'm enough of a historian to know that when you have severe downturns in the U.S. and U.S.'s history, um, that often there are forces that bring back renewal and even religious revival and a national reclaiming of purpose. And I'm trusting that's going to happen again. But that doesn't mean just because there may be new heights and new mountaintops, that doesn't mean that you don't look on honestly, and look in the face, the dark times and the downturns. I teach American history, and when I've taught it before at the university level, I've often done a wavy line on the whiteboard. And at the bottom of the the wave, when the wave goes downward, um, that's often wars, in American history, it's often civil unrest. It's often racism. The highlights, the the the, the mountains of the wave, the top part of the wave, um, usually are religious revivals that have transformed American history. No matter where, what, where you are religiously, an honest evaluation of American history shows that religious revivals have made a massive difference in American history. Hasn't unfortunately saved it from some of the wars and some of the bloodshed, uh, but without question, it produced wonderful things. Uh, the heights are also economic strength. The heights are often do, doing things internationally that are noble, the Marshall Plan and things of that nature. But, but we've had a varied history. We've had deep darkness, deep valleys, uh, deep abuse and bloodshed. We've also had heights. 
And I believe that we still can see our purpose reclaimed. We still can do good in the world. Uh, We still can bring about the social justice we need in the United States. Um, We still can fulfill our purpose. But we have to look honestly in the face. The fact that we right now are slipping and slipping badly, that we are ceasing to be the model of democracy in the world, and that our, our arguably our closest neighbor, that's not in any way to denigrate Mexico, but culturally we're closer to Canada than we are to Mexico. Mexico comes from a different historical stream, different linguistic group, etc. I, I could make that case as a historian. Um, and I mean nothing, of course, racist or bigoted in saying that. But Canada's, you know, again, from uh, Britain for the most part, same roots as us, etc., etc., etc. And so um, this is our closest neighbor culturally and geographically. And, uh, and yet they, some of their thinkers are beginning to say the U.S. is ungovernable. There may be civil war. Uh, it may it, it may not make it. We need to be prepared. We need to draw some lines along our borders. We need to be prepared culturally for the dissolution of the United States. Now, I've learned that when you have prognosticators talking about the future of America in terms of a civil war, um, they often just mean that there's going to be fragmentation, that you're going to find confederations of states within the U.S. that sort of resist encroachment from other states, that uh, the United States may still exist, but you'll have the um, a, a, a federation of the United States, a federation of, of different groupings of states. You won't be called the United States of America anymore, but you'll have the, the, the conservative states banding together and New England states banding together and California and its allies banding together, et cetera, et cetera. So we are living in a difficult time. January 6th, whatever your views, and I, I believe, as I've said to you before, uh, that there were a number of things happening on January 6th. I know entire church congregations that were up on the hill just to pray. I know some people who were up there just to protest, but they intended nothing uh, violent. And there, that, that was a lot of people. And then, of course, we all know now that there were a great many militias that heard Trump's summons to violence. That is the word he used. He used the word violent. Uh, He told them he would meet them up there. He told them they should go and get their country back. Um, And these militias marched up to the Capitol. Uh, Some people erected gallows and chanted, hang Mike Pence. Uh, People were looking for Nancy Pelosi. People would have killed them, I believe, had they been able to find them. And so there were a number of things happening up there at that time. But, but regardless of your view and regardless of what your connections are, and regardless of what you believe um, about that event, it was a turning point in American history. To the watching world, an American president incited what became, at least in part, an angry, violent mob. That mob invaded another branch of government. And... The indication, the threat is that people would have been killed had there not been good security forces, had there not been wise leadership by Vice President Mike Pence, um, had sanity not resumed. Now, I admire Mike Pence, had some conversations with him, not saying we're fishing buddies. I like him. I admire him. I think he was a hero that day. I admire some of the cooler heads. I'm sorry for the loss of life. But I, but I will say that, that what, we, what we don't need to do is just always be in our little opinionated silos. We need to look at January 6th and realize that it was a turning point in American history. Even if you are the most crazed pro-Trump, you need to realize that Trump incited violence against a branch of the U.S. government. There's no question. 
You also need to realize that the basis for that was that the election had been stolen. And I'm going to say again on this podcast what I've said before, and I realize I'm pretty much punching in the nose some of my dearest friends. I've got some friends who absolutely believe the election was stolen, but I've said to them personally what I'll say to you on this podcast, and that is where is the evidence? You've had almost a hundred court cases, less than a hundred. It's, 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 I'm not going to give the exact number. It's in the 60, 70 range. Court cases, liberal judges, conservative judges, judges all over the country. Not once has there been any absolute solid evidence or, or indicating a stolen election. Not once has a case gone in the direction of those who believe that we need to stop the steal. Not once. I'm willing to be convinced, by the way. I'm willing to be convinced. I've said before on this podcast, I think there are there, there's a little bit of corruption in every election, about maybe half a percent. I've seen it, been involved in elections where it was reported, charges were brought, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it, it's not unknown. I'm not saying that all, all American elections are pristine. Certainly not all international elections are pristine. My point, nevertheless, is that apart from my opinions, apart from your opinions, January 6th was a, was a dramatic and dark moment in American history. And for that reason, the rest of the world, much of the rest of the world, is looking at America and saying it's dissolving. Why? Because one branch of the tripartite American government, of the three-part American government, essentially called for the invasion of another branch. That, that's, that's pretty much what happened. So we need to know this those of you who are in elected office, state level, national level, uh, those of you who are in positions of power, we need to realize that this is going on. But we can turn from it. We can turn from it if we repent and pray. You knew I was going to say that speaking as a Christian, and I don't hesitate. We need to repent for our national sins and pray. We need to work at all the levels that we have opportunity and influence in to call people back to sanity, to call people back from their siloed political lives, to call people back from the extremism. The most politically active part of this country is the extreme right and the extreme left. Surveys have shown that just of late. We need the great common sense middle of America to rise up and exercise its power. I've told you before uh, that if I, if I was going to form a political party in America, we'd call it the common sense party. And we return to good old American middle-of-the-road common sense, which is what America needs right now, in addition to uh, spiritual and moral reform. So my point in this podcast is not to be dark. My point is not to be discouraging. My point is not to disillusion you. But my point is to say that our opinions about January 6th don't really matter. The facts are that even our closest cultural and geographic neighbors are looking at us and saying, America's not working. It's very possible you'll have civil war. Now, I think what they mean is something other than 700,000 people being killed and armed uprising along you know, geographic lines or what have you, like the original civil war. I think they mean something different, but they just incautiously use the phrase civil war. Nevertheless, their points, their points to be taken seriously. Is America governable? Is America breaking up? Is American government in conflict with itself to a terminal degree? And is are we a nation about to die might be a more dramatic way to say it. It's possible we are. But thank God, there is always a spiritual renewal happening at these moments in American history. Thank God that I think the great middle of America, I don't mean geographic middle, but meaning people of, of moderate opinions and patriotic opinions and sanity, 
are, are maybe wanting to wrest their country back from the wing nuts. I think people are beginning to, to look at who leads their church or who leads their synagogue or who leads their, their social clubs or who leads their family or who leads whatever organizations they're part of, certainly who leads their politics, and saying, I don't, I don't want wing nuts to be driving this. I don't, I don't want the extremes. You know, for those of you who are Bible readers, and you know that I am, the book of Ecclesiastes says, the wise man avoids all extremes. Look it up. The wise man avoids all extremes. I think that's wise. I think that's true. So I'm not trying, as I said earlier, to be dark or disillusioning. I'm trying to call us, those of us who are willing to be activists for good and righteousness and patriotic grace and truth in America. Let's rise up, not to do violence, not to kill people, not to destroy the other side, not to uh, lay a claim based on a really improbable, uh, unfactual claim about an election. Let's recover what's been lost. Let's remember the age-old covenants. Let's remember who we are when we're at our best. And let's see America recovered and strong for the future. It can happen, but right now it's not. And the most telling sign is that people around the world who have formerly loved this country see the invasion of one branch of government led by another and believe that this country is no longer governable and that civil war looms. Let's prove them wrong. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.